We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the fucker fly, man. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Whatever 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night, you know? Whatever. But no, I'm serious. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. I say right foot creep. Cheers, boys. After dark. Now, we know there's a lot of people at home enjoying opening night of college basketball tonight. But that doesn't mean this past week in college football was not the wildest week that we have seen this season. And we are here to break it all down for you. My name is Greg Waddell. We got Michael Felder. We got Max Starks here. Max, how you doing tonight? You look good as always. I'm doing well, my friend. Thanks for asking, Greg. And of course, I had to match the energy that Michael Felder's bringing with his championship hat. I went and put, I went and put my flat bill on. Of course, this is a little Wakanda forever. The new Black Panther logo because the premiere is, is obviously going to be this weekend. So a little pre-celebratory. So I, I'm getting in the zone. I'm feeling good. I, I was so jacked up about this show. I called Felder Saturday night. <laughs> like as he's about to go do the, 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 the after action report on the after dark show live talking about this, I was like, Mike, you ain't going to believe this, man. You, <laughs> he's like, I know, I know. I'm about to go on air, Max. I was like, but still, I, like I was saying. <laughs> I love it. I literally, I literally, I thought I was going to be the one that broke that news that we had a, we had a Saturday night, like oh, 15, 20 minute combo. Of just like, did you see this? And did you remember this play? And did you see this? And did you see that? And what were they thinking when they did this? And how does that happen? But we had that. And like, that's, I'm going to be honest. That's what you get when you listen, when you come to the field of 12, field of 12 after dark, that's what you're getting is, Guys, that because Whitfield, he'll text me every. He'll text me and be like, "Hey, man, are you serious? This just happened." And then Max, Max, oh Siri, you shut up, you stop. But my Siri just popped up. But no, I'm like Whitfield. Like, not no, I'm not telling Whitfield to shut up. I'm telling Siri. Siri, yes, yeah, no, I leave me alone. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing that Alexa's in the other room because otherwise she'll be a popping in here too. <laughs> yeah, but no, I it 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 was. But I'm going to tell you what, Max, that was that call, that conversation. Like we 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 mapped out a whole show. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we hashed hey. out all of college football's problems in that 15 20 minute conversation based off of what happened <laughs> take us through it boys let us get in on this phone call we've got 60 minutes here tonight and i hope we get into the nitty-gritty of that very phone call uh, as always we are presented by the folks at bet rivers you can find us on the sirius xm app you can find us on the field of 12 youtube channel if you're watching us there please click subscribe jump in the comments every 
bit of interaction helps us grow this channel and helps more people like you who are big college football fans find us down the home stretch of the season. Lastly, I'm rocking the merch. We got some Star Heels, North Carolina merch. Okay. I thought Felder go. might appreciate that a little bit. I don't bit. know. What's that about? I don't know what that's about. Well, you got the number one team in the country in college basketball, my good okay. friend. So instead of Tar Heels, we're going with the Star Heels in the I Field like of 68 store. Uh, it's Field of 68.shop. And yes. there's a bunch of other good stuff in there beyond just the Star Heels shirt. So go check that out. All right, boys, uh, we're going to get to all of our overreactions because that's what we do on Mondays. We overreact and there is a lot to overreact to. But as always, we start with toasts. Felder, let's go to you first. Give me somebody from the week that was that you just can't stop thinking about that deserves a toast. I'm going to because I couldn't fit him into my my three stars. I'm going Austin Reed. And I understand that Charlotte's not a very good football team. Um, <laughs> in fact, they're a very bad football team. But Austin Reed throwing for over 400 for Western Kentucky. Ooh, buddy. Let's go. Like anytime, and Max, you know this. Anytime you go over 400, <laughs> that's a day. So cheers. That's a day. All right. Cheers. Max, what you got? Oh. Hold on, let me let me go ahead and pour another one of these real quick. Oh fast. no, I'm listen, I'm getting in on the party too. Go don't there hey. it is. There it is. That's yeah, that's that's a meta, babe. Let's have a fun, let's have a day. Yeah, I'm doing so what I'm doing here, I'm doing a little new riff, the winter toasted toasted barrel here. Okay. Our good friends out there in Kentucky, little little bourbon. And the reason why I have the winter the winter blend here, the winter whiskey, mm-hmm. is because I believe I have to tow toast to the meteorologist in hell right now because this is the second cold front ever because alabama has missed a college football playoff i'll drink that this early baby it doesn't happen this early that we actually could cross that name off the list (laughs) that's that's one of hey and and let me tell you something let me let me tell you something greg that's one of the things that Max and I talked about. Yeah, I believe it. Yes. I believe it. And I also believe there are plenty of people out in SEC country, probably beyond SEC country, probably all over the country yeah, that are yeah. dancing on Alabama's grave a little bit this week. And I applaud you for that. You know, it doesn't happen too much these days that uh, so early in the season, we can say they've been written off. All right. I'll uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play into that game as well. Yeah, uh, but there's this particular figure I feel like deserves a shout out. And that would just be Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, who, uh, you know, has had a maligned up and down career. But the number one thing that Notre Dame fans would tell you about Brian Kelly, word for word, coming from our great producer, Dagan Hughes, was that Brian Kelly doesn't win big games. And in year one with LSU, after the way the season started, after Mm. that crazy back and forth game to rally the troops, to get the train back on the tracks, and to knock One out Alabama, game. I mean, yeah, to knock out, they threw the knockout punch, right? Somebody yeah. had to, and LSU they got it. it. What did they throw it? Three times? Plenty <laughs> yeah. of times. Like Plenty it. of times. So to Brian Kelly, cheers. Congratulations. There we go, Brian Kelly. All right, so let's let's just piggyback off that. We're going to obviously start with this game. This was the biggest needle-moving game of the entire season. Alabama's dead, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But I want to talk about the LSU side of this first, because as of today, LSU is right there in the mix in the AP poll, and they are more than capable of climbing and chipping their way up into the college football playoff discussion. So for the sake of overreacting, (laughs) LSU is going to make the college football playoff this season. Am I crazy? Let's go to our SEC guy, Max. How crazy am I? Hold on one second. Let me, let me let me take this call real fast. Hold on. Oh, that's right. Uh, Brian Kelly called. Apparently, he's working with these right now because of that two point conversion call. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but you know what? I I think no. I'm gonna go no. They miss it because I don't think they can close out the SEC championship. I love the bravado, the fact that they threw a kill shot to the SEC three-team hype hope 
and everything that we had. And as an SEC guy, you know, I'm always happy about seeing the SEC succeed. But sure. I did the conversation of three teams and that had Alabama one and then all this crazy scenario. I didn't want to deal with it. Like, listen, I want winning. I want I want to have some variability in this college football playoff, especially before we get into the 12 team playoff. I want to see some fresh blood injected. I have to say I'm on the TCU train. I would love to see a Pac-12 team come along as well. And that just frees it up. What LSU did just unmucked the waters and allowed for there to be four different conferences represented in this playoff. So for the sake of my artistic and journalistic journalistic integrity, that's what happens when you take three shots in less than 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I am going to say no. <laughs> All right, Felder, what do you think? I The only team that's that's done it with two losses is, is LSU. Yeah. And the only difference is LSU did, when they did that, they were like, well, we were undefeated in regulation. <laughs> Which I was like, you still lost, dude. Yeah. So like literally what if Alabama flipped that argument on them? And they were like, yeah, but you only got it. Cause you went for two. <laughs> yeah we we had two losses by four combined points right yeah <laughs> so i just think it's going to be really it's going to be interesting to see when we get there but i'm with you max and max and again this is a window into the phone call that we had yeah we were both like oh we don't have to talk about this anymore <laughs> yeah. oh, we don't we don't have to like we can talk about something else we can talk about football which is what like that's what i love to talk about because the reality for me watching the LSU game, the LSU and the Alabama game, the big, the big thing for me and Max, you you hop in when you're ready, but like like yeah. watching Alabama not have pass catchers that they've had in the past, not have uh, they had the running game that they've had in the past, but they didn't have it consistently, no. and they didn't have a bruiser that was ready to go. Like I think they would have been better off with Brian Robinson. Even though Jameer Gibbs, I think, is a more explosive running back, Robinson, as a guy that's a steady Eddie, would have probably been better for them in this game. And then we also see Gibbs. We see him drop passes. We see uh, – and and listen, I love Bryce Young. Yeah. And I love the way he's – I lo- and we, we'll get to it when we talk about Ohio State, When we, if, if we get to talk about Ohio State. But I love the way that Young steps steps up in the pocket. Helps yeah. his offensive line. I love that. But he also, he's a little dude. And he's making, he has to make some business decisions. So, Greg, I know you want to get in here. Go ahead. No, you're you're good. I'm enjoying this. So, um, I, yeah, the thing that strikes me about Alabama, which I feel like I've heard a lot of people, including both of you on this network, say this year, is just like, it. it's very clearly a different team. And you can go down the personnel on why they're different. But the reason I think they're in this spot is it's not just one particular area of weakness. Like I think in comparison to the the Alabamas we see or have seen the last six, seven years, it's across the board is the reason they find themselves in this spot. And I don't know necessarily how you get to that point. I don't know if that says something about uh, just the state of the sport as a whole right now with, you know, the transfer portal becoming a more prevalent thing. Uh, I don't know if it says something about the stage of the career that Nick Saban is in, but I know it says something about this year's team. And I think that's why we find Alabama now eliminated essentially from the spot. What do you think, Felder? No, you don't like this? I think this team is good. I think the problem is Brian Kelly's a better coach than Les Miles or Ed Ogeron could dream of being. One. That's one. Two. Okay. College football is changing. And it's adapting. And it's adapting to what they do. This is one of the better secondaries that Alabama has had in the last five years. Kool-Aid, Branch, Battle, uh, Eli Ricks they've got a better secondary than they've had in the last few years. And the problem is the rules of college football, the officiating of college football. What are those guys supposed to do? Max, come come on. I mean, 
I think also, I mean, along with that, like you said, everybody's catching up, number one. And like you said, but I think also this current iteration of Bama is not the Bama we're used to. Like the 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 thumb that right. Nick Saban puts on his players is sprained. It's broken. He tried it. He's tried it. He's tried, and it has failed because how many penalties they have in this game, Felder and Greg? What did they have? Was it thir- was it they have twelve? Yeah, it was no, double digits. Nine, ex- nine accepted. But okay, thirteen total. Yeah, thir- so okay, yeah. They still haven't gotten over the penalty, but like that has been their crux. Like they have to play perfect, mm-hmm. and they have to play clean, and they can't do it. They yeah. they, they can't do it. For whatever reason, emotional or nervousness or inexper- whatever it is, this team can't go with five penalties or less. In Can I just say that this isn't a Bryce Young problem? No, this is not. Nope. Okay. I just that, that's all I want to say because I yeah. think people, everyone immediately blame, blame immediately blames the quarterback. This is not a Bryce Young problem. No, no. Bryce Young's doing everything he can. He can't catch the football as well. Yeah, because this is also the first game where. He, He's thrown below 50%. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's the other thing is he put them in position to be successful and guys didn't take advantage. Like you said, this is not the receiving cores of past. Bingo. Monte Smith has left the building, right? You know, Henry Ruggs has left the building. Yeah. All of these. Jalen Waddle is gone. You don't Waddle, have. Absolutely. There's no, there's no Amari Cooper. You don't have. There's no um. What's his name that played for um the Falcons for a while? You don't Julio. have that. You don't, you don't have, have Julio. him. Julio. Yeah. 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 No. You. 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 You've got. You've just got some guys. You've got some really good guys. Because trust me, my little cousin's one of those receivers. Jermaine they're still Burke. good. They're still good. They're not great. Yeah. And they also aren't as disciplined like the receivers. And I mean, everybody was so laser focused. The yep. message is the message. I mean, they were like clone stormtroopers, right? Yes. And you talk to them in the media. Mm-mm, not in the NIL era. No, I got a brand, homie. <laughs> Listen, yep. I'm, I'm trying to push this product. Listen, if you want to catch such and such, you're talking in third person on, on these interviews. That's just It's just a different personality. It's a different era now that we've reached for college football. And not to say that uh, Nick Saban's system is not going to work. But as it currently stands in the wild, wild west of NIL transfer portal football, he'll recalibrate. He'll recalibrate. He'll adjust like he always does. But right now, we've caught the aberration. We've caught the aberration in the system, right? The matrix is is in a little bit of a flux right now for him. And he'll be back on on course. But right now, this is the striking moment for everybody else to kind of catch up and and get into the contest. I I just think – I think this, like – these guys weren't ready to put their nuts up on the table. Absolutely not. Once again, I'd like to I'd like to reference Brian Kelly. Yeah. You don't have you don't have no mobbles. Yeah. Mobbles weren't there. When it came when it came cutting time, these dudes didn't want they, they didn't want that Pedro Serrano. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. They wanted the easy way out. They said if I show up and I put this crimson, this crimson and cream on, I'm supposed to be good. Teflon Don. Nah, nah. Everybody else said, nah, it ain't nothing but red, player. There you go. (laughs) So, Max, what you're saying is there's a lot of programs that better capitalize on this window because we know at some point somebody's coming back. And right now that door is open. There are probably six or seven programs that while they got a shot, they better take their shot. And LSU certainly took their shot in this game. Uh, So let's just let's put a bow on the LSU section with this. They've got three games left. Arkansas, AM, UAB. They'll be favored in all three of those games. If they get to 10 and 2, if they get to the SEC championship game, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think any of us would say this is going to happen, but let's say they win the SEC championship, right? Yeah. Are they in? No brainer. They're in with two losses if they're the SEC champ. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're taking down an undefeated number one Georgia. Bingo. So does Tennessee, does Tennessee also get in in that scenario then with one loss? And you're saying not Georgia getting in? Yeah, over not Georgia. I well, that would be my question: is if we got that's a huge problem because Tennessee beat the brakes off of LSU. Yeah, 
Exactly. It'd be, it'd be almost a three-way split. And the only thing LSU would have in that situation on the three is the quote-unquote championship, right? Because they'd Max, be shorted. Max, on our phone call, this is a thing we didn't even talk about. We didn't even get to this. Well, you had to get on air by this point. So, <laughs> you know, but I think the problem would then lie. Okay, so LSU beats Georgia, who therefore embarrassed Tennessee, but Tennessee embarrassed LSU, LSU. In the process. But so, Georgia, Georgia and Tennessee would have one loss here. LSU would have yes. two. But LSU but and they are the champion. But they are the champ. Yeah, and they are playing in that said championship game, which Tennessee is sitting idle. Right. But the only problem is with that conversation, it would I would think it would go champion, and then whoever falls behind after that, Georgia gets in over them just because last year's champion. Last year's champion, and you lose in a, hopefully a compelling game in the championship game, and that is your first loss against a team that's steadily rising. Because, but I, like I said, a lot of other things have to have. Like if TCU goes undefeated, then boom, that that that's that's one slot that's already taken away, and then Oregon and USC say they go undefeated until they meet each other in the championship game. That champion should have a shot. Yes, at being in there as well. The ACC is done. Let's just go ahead and just say that the ACC is done for right now. Um, because even with – because I, I had that UNC-Virginia game on Saturday. Yes. So, so yeah, mm. tremendous game, crazy game. UVA yep. without, without, like, almost everybody offensively. 75% of their offense was on the bench. Um, and they, they held it tight. North Carolina is too far behind – to make up ground, even if they won the ACC. So that's yeah. where I say, and I, and I would like, I like them better than I like Clemson, honestly. Okay. So I don't know if I could, if I could do that um, and say that there's ACC. So ACC is out of this. So it literally comes down to big 10, big 12, Pac 12, and how that stacks up. Ohio big State, 12 is only TCU. Yeah. It's TCU is the only undefeated. And then of course you still got Michigan and Ohio state, which will cancel each other out in the same division. So yeah. you'll have a Tennessee-Georgia situation up there. Uh, because sadly, nobody wants to win the Big Ten West. Just put that out there. At all. <laughs> At all. So, um, so yeah, so you would have two undefeateds, the champion of the SEC. Now you get into that muddy water. And I would have to put Georgia in front of Tennessee because they beat them. Because to the victor goes the spoil if LSU wins that the SEC championship. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so there. I think there's a lot of people probably on the committee and just in general as fans of college football at this point that would be praying that LSU does not win the SEC championship sure. because if yeah. a two loss LSU team wins that, I mean, that's going to cause problems for so many teams because even in the Michigan, Ohio state example, one of those teams finishes the season with one loss. You're looking yeah. at at least two SEC teams that finish the season with one loss. And then you got everybody gonna... in the pac 12. I mean, that'd be nuts. Tennessee is going to be like, we beat them. Right. Yeah. We, we, gonna beat, we whooped them. And they said, and then you went and got whooped between the hedges. And so, they're going to be like, well, that's not, no, no, but we did beat them. But you're not in the championship game. No, I understand. Where no, you, I understand. I'm just going to be like, where were you December 3rd? Tell me where you were December 3rd. We're at home. Exactly. <laughs> you watched somebody else play an SEC championship game. 
So you could watch somebody else go to the college football playoff. <laughs> Look at that. that. Trevor, that's that's the quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get that clip. Don't you worry. So, all right. While, while we're still in the SEC, let's let's dive into Tennessee, Georgia, because yeah. uh, we build this up as potentially the game of the century. And yeah. it, it did not live up to that unless you're a Georgia fan, then maybe it was the game of your century, but uh, ends up a 27 to 13 loss, which honestly, I'm surprised it ended up that close based on what I saw in the first half. Uh, Felder, let's go to you first. No, I'm listen. I got, I'm, I'm going to the, to the notebook dog. I got, <laughs> I love it. Cause there's, there's a couple different things here. I've had a bunch, a bunch of Georgia fans tweet at me and be like, yeah, we killed them. And I'm like, you do realize that there were four touchdowns that they missed. Yeah. Four missed touchdowns. And yes, I will say, 50% of those touchdowns, they were missed because you did have a guy in Hinden Hooker's chest. But yes. those other two touchdowns, he missed on his own. He missed those on his own. Yeah. He had time. He had space. He had room in the pocket. And, Max, you're an offensive lineman. So you tell me if I'm wrong. But two of those touchdowns, he had space to step up and make a throw and make it accurate, and he missed. Yep. And Keely Ringo was one of those recipients. <laughs> yes. Why, why is that not a back shoulder throw? I have no clue why you don't put that back shoulder where it's either him or out of bounds. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get that. Why is that not a back shoulder throw so that he can step, come back, and get it in the, instead of – you basically just – it's like Ringo was your wife. Yeah. You threw it to him. So – I'm not, but I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. Georgia won that football game. They did a great job. The play that they ran, um, and I'm, listen, I'm, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I'm going savage mode. <laughs> there it is. There um, is. But the McIntosh play at one, at the, in the first quarter, 132 to play, the McIntosh play, yeah. where they, and here's the thing people don't know this. And this is, I had to go back and watch it many times because it looked like, I was like, are they playing cover one or are they playing cover three? But they're playing cover three, but we all know the rules of cover three where if there's nobody outside of the tackle, that corner's got to lock up. Mm -hmm. And when that corner locks up with an inside release, the corner locks up on a vertical inside release, the safety is coming down to play curl to flat, and then McIntosh comes on a flare, but that flare turns into a wheel, and it's like, oh, wow, this is a huge play. We, you, we, This guy, he doesn't collision in. There's nothing he can do. It's a huge play, which leads to a touchdown. Um, Darnell Washington is humongous. I don't know. He's, a, he's an offensive tackle playing tight end. Dude, he's, he's the same size as LeBron James. Exactly. It's insane. He's only 20 pounds lighter than their than their right tackle. It's insane. <laughs> and it's it's nuts to watch him line up and just they're like, oh, I guess we're just gonna move everyone. Yeah. So it just that was the thing. And then you look at Tennessee, offensive lineman. He's an unbalanced offensive lineman. Yes, right? it's un exactly it's unbalanced. unbalanced line when he's in there. <laughs> and then when they go unbalanced when he's in there. There's nothing you can do. No, he's he's he, he's your tackle. He's your offensive tackle. Yeah, so, yeah. So it, it, it's un, I mean, they they honestly, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? When we we're talking about how do you crack the Tennessee code? Remember that Felder? Yep. Oh, we wish it was Cincinnati from a year ago. Yes. Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner, like get, get aggressive corners. Well, Starks, Ringo, and company, they said we're up for the task. Yep. And they went out there, and those boys played. They played their football, and they, they played, played their they played ass better off. than their receivers. Yeah, they played better than them. They did. They played their ass off, and they played better. And here's the thing: that one, because we talked about this, being able to there's a difference between being able to score forty and wanting to score forty. That first half of that game, Georgia's like, if we got to get forty, let's go get it. We'll beat you to forty. And then yeah. they realized, oh, 
now that they're down bad, they ain't got nothing for us, baby. We don't need 40. We don't need 40. We don't need it. But yeah. we we will go and get it. But we don't yeah. need it. It was the opposite of the Oklahoma game from, what was that, four years ago, five years ago? The Oklahoma game where um, Oklahoma just basically blitzed. They just like completely threw all the offense at Georgia. And Georgia was like, what are we going to do at halftime? And then Georgia had to come back with Sony Michelle and the whole deal. Oh, like, right, yeah. The they had to come back and get back into the game and then ultimately win the game. This was like, no, that won't happen to us again. No. no. This will not happen to us again. We're going to put the pedal to the metal. We're going to get you. And so to put this in perspective, mm-hmm. three DBs, Ringo, Starks, Bullard. Yep. Right? Yes. They accounted for 23 of the tackles. I know. In this wow. football game, Greg. All on the edge. All on the outside. Yep. That was exactly the blueprint to beat Tennessee. You have to make those tackles. You have as the DB cannot make a business decision out there. Nope. The DB has to play with reckless disabandonment and disregard. You have to get him up. That. See, I think you you call it reckless disabandonment. I think he has to play with this conservative decision to get him on the ground. Yeah. You but for gotta, DBs, most DBs don't 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 know how to tackle. Yeah, you're, you're, or, you're correct. Or, or it's a cut tackle. Like the recklessness means you're coming in with force and you're coming in with both. They hands. had, they had, they, they, here's the thing. This is in, oh my goodness. I, you're getting me into my bag now, Max, because there we go. There we go. Come on. <laughs> they came in with their shoulders in their face and then they shot their guns. Yeah. And they got them on the ground. Yeah. They didn't come in running, grabbing at people or diving or, or diving. diving. When you come in, when you come in grabbing or you come in diving with no arms, you miss tackles. Mm-hmm. But they came oh, in, they came in with face and shoulders and then they wrapped up and they got those guys on the ground. And that's the difference. I mean, we, I listen, I'll, I'll take it back to Ohio, a week ago, Ohio state and um, Penn state. When we saw Parker Washington out on the edge and two Ohio State players came in, no arms, came in. One guy came in with all arms. One guy came in, no arms. They both missed the tackle on the same player. And then he scored a touchdown. Yeah, it's you. you, It's they you have to run through your target. Yes. Got to run through them. Putting your face in the fan, Felder. Put your face in the fan. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Face of the fan. That, that, that's all it comes down to. And they and they weren't intimidated. No. And I think that's kind of when we talk about like teams of the past, right? You know, teams are already beat before they enter the stadium. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's where you have to say, you know what? No, not in my house, not between these hedges. Well, that's not a- this stadium. <laughs> I think that, and here's the thing for me, I think Tennessee, and I thought, again, I will say this, I thought Tennessee was going to win. Yeah, me too, me too. I had him picked. I had him picked to win. And I think Tennessee, I think that Georgia, I think once Tennessee got to the point where what they're used to doing didn't work, they were, you know, that kid that's like, okay, please, I'm I'm done. Can we, can, I'm taking my, this, I want to take my basketball and go home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Am I wrong, Greg? Is, is, did you feel no, that? I, I don't think you are. I mean, it definitely felt like we were watching a deflated version of whatever right. we all thought Tennessee was. And it wasn't just you guys. It, every single person that I saw from the Field of 12 network picked Tennessee. We did our pick show on Thursday, and it was a sweep. All four of us had Tennessee winning this game. So, I look, I, the last thing I was going to cap this with by flipping it back on you guys was that I've asserted all year long that the same way we talk about this isn't the same Bama has also applied to Georgia. Sure. And I, but in a I, good way. But well, I, I was going to say, I can't feel more stupid for saying that now after seeing what they just did to Tennessee. So knowing what we know now from this result, does the title this season run through Georgia? Is it theirs to lose? Is it the field versus Georgia again? Yes, Felder? Yeah. I, I They have the ability to push and that's the part that makes me curious. About, I still think Ohio State 
has the opportunity to win a national championship. But I think Georgia's the team that has everything that they need to do it. I think, listen, Tennessee versus Ohio State, that's going to be a football game that people will lose their minds over. Georgia versus Ohio State is going to be a game. Max, you know what, I, what I'm about to say. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. I, I, I'm back in your play. I'm back in your play. That's Georgia, Georgia versus Ohio State because matchups matter. In yeah. Georgia versus Ohio State, that might be one of those games where Ted Ginn scores immediately, and then they whip, they whip your ass for the rest of the night. So is is there anybody who has a decent matchup against Georgia, though, or is everyone going to feel that way? Because if Tennessee think, and Ohio State feel that way, those are the two biggest threats to the title, right? I mean, obviously Alabama because Nick Saban is in Kirby Smart's mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then – I think we go to I go to USC because Lincoln Riley just doesn't care. And then I'm very curious about UCLA. I just don't know if UCLA is big enough, especially after watching watching Utah against Florida. And you saw Utah against Florida. Yeah, they weren't. It wasn't that they weren't doing everything right. They just were too small. Yeah. And And, and I wonder if UCLA has the same problem when they get into a big game like this how they handle it. And I think, and, and Oregon, who's your next best one, Oregon doesn't want that smoke. No, not a, again, twice. Not in again. One year. Yeah, no, not again. Hey, they might score more than three, but they're, they're definitely already beaten mentally. So it wouldn't even be fun to put them in there. I would probably, I would probably That's say, why I didn't bring them up. I would probably <laughs> say TCU because TCU can, gives zero Fs. All the Fs that they had left to give yeah. are gone, and they don't care if they're down 10. Score. Those dudes, listen, bear, pile it on pile. We're just going to keep fighting. We're going to keep haymakers, blind, blind, just swinging. Like, yeah. I feel like they would they would be the ones that wouldn't be intimidated by, by, the, by the G on the side of the helmet. Let's just so, score. Yeah, we just we just need to score. You know, what? let's see what happens when it hits zeros at fourth quarter. Like that's the mentality that they've set for themselves. Yes, they haven't had an easy victory in no. the last month and a half. They've been down most of the time and come trudging back because people just thought, "Man, I'm tired." It's like Rocky Balboa. I'm tired of knocking you out. Like my fist is hurting. Yeah, and you just keep coming back. And I feel like that's the type of mentality that's you have a, to have, yeah. George. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So let's jump right to that TCU team. Uh, yes. they, they are on our list of overreactions here. And uh, while I agree with the sentiment of what you're saying here, Max, of like a, a nothing to lose type game for them mentality wise, maybe that would, I mean, they're a very talented football team, right? We've seen what they're capable of offensively at the same time. There's now been four separate games in their last six games that the opposing starting quarterback has left the game due to injury. Whatever, whatever Who is going him? on with TCU. Who heard him? There's some voodoo going on here, right? There just has to be. So they're 9-0 now, and they don't play a ranked team the rest of the season. The path is right there for them to make the fourth spot in the college football playoffs. But they do play Texas this weekend. Texas coming off a win against Kansas State. So here's my overreaction. The okay. luck has caught up to TCU. Quinn Ewers ain't getting hurt, and Quinn Ewers is going to put up a big number, and Texas beats TCU. And Quinn Ewers is not getting hurt again? Again, yes, okay. again. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've proven he could get hurt. We <laughs> certainly have. Yeah. Um, ah. Well, hang, hang on. What's his big? What's a big number for Quinn Ewers? I would say upper thirties. Like thirty total total points, not yards, not yards or anything. I'm talking okay. like te- Texas gets to 35, 38 range. That's a B. John Robinson number. 
Yeah. Okay. That's Bijan Robinson influence number. Yes. Because let's here, let's I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. Let's do it. Okay. Louisiana Monroe two twenty five for Quinn Ewers. Alabama one thirty five. Did not play. Did not play. Did not play. Two two eighty nine. Oklahoma. 172, 319 Oklahoma State. By the way, mind you, that 319, he completed 38% of his passes. Yeah, that could have easily been 500. It easily could have been 500. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. Right. Yeah, it wasn't. Right. That's a game that they probably should have won. They should have scored 65 points and they scored 41. Or excuse me, they scored 34 and they lost to an Oklahoma State team that we know now is not good. Yeah. And then 197 against Kansas State. This is a Bijan ran for two. When your running back is running for more than you throw for, I'm just. Maybe this is the running back show. Yeah. Yeah. Not the mullet show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that, but that's the thing. I think. You know your confidence, right? When, when you got that 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 seven foot security guard behind you, you gonna you gonna puff your chest out, sure. And that man behind him is is a purebred dog in Bijan Robinson. But I don't know if I could pull the trigger because TCU has proven a lot of people wrong consistently. Yeah. For last month and that, and because they have that confidence, right? If you have that mentality, right? What's ten points? If you're it's down, two plays. Exactly. They're like, "Oh, we can make that up." No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's keep rolling the football out there. We're not even. We're not even going to run. Hurry up. <laughs> Great. Great. You're a ba- you're a basketball. You're a hoops guy. It's true. If, if UNC is down by by ten points, are you worried? No. Why? Because they got dudes. And and what do they do? They push tempo. Oh right, yeah. I mean, it's it, it yeah, it's quick. It's as many possessions as possible, right? Right. And TCU yeah. loves that. Right. Yeah. They love it. They that's TCU's doing the same thing. Sonny Dykes is doing the same thing. They're like, hey, guess what? We'll get the ball back. And if we get the ball, guess what? If you kick a field goal, that and the field goal puts you up, as you mentioned, Max, the field goal puts you up ten. We'll get the ball back. We'll score a touchdown. That's seven. So we're back down. It's back to three. Then guess what? You're going to make a mistake. And then we get the ball back and then we score seven again. And now we're up four. So I'll say this. The biggest issue that you can press upon Texas is to make them be consistent and methodical. For sure. Take the splash play out of it. Keep everything in front of you and force them to drive the ball down the field. That's what will screw Texas. And I will say this. That's the thing I worry about with TCU. Yeah. Which we we have never had to worry about with TCU under Gary Patterson. We got to worry about it now because the banana routes that they take are terrible. Their tackling is terrible. Their vice tackling, you know, you want to talk about what I come vice yeah. tackling? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's horrible. Greg, you know about vice? I don't. Tell me about vice. So vice, like, uh, let me see what I got here. Okay. So let's say we got a guy right here, right? Yeah. We got a guy here. Vice is you got a hammer and you got a splatter. And yeah. you're supposed to meet in the middle. So that that guy can't go anywhere, but if you if you over or you under, he's got space. Yeah, and so he's been like really this. bad at it. Exactly, you can't come like this. You have to come and for it's almost fun, funnel tackling. Yes, exactly, okay. funneling the guy in to create a pinch point for the tackle. Right, and that's that's which is why on defense yeah. we call it vice because it's like a yeah. vice grip where you yeah. you screw you and then it's done you take the air out of everything and you can do and that's vice and they don't they're not good at it it's just they're 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 really bad at it honestly yeah and that just puts you in a quandary but i think if you continually if you don't give those up and you can just keep them in front of you yeah 
that's where it becomes problematic. Yes. Like you said, that's the errant thing you have to worry about. Can you hold that up for eight plays, 10 yes. plays, 12 plays? Bingo. Because that's when Texas is going to mess up. But it's getting them to that point that's going to be the challenge. Yep. But if they can, there's a payoff. Yep. There is there is a, 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 a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. So give me a yes or no. Does TCU get through the final three games of their regular season unscathed? Are they 12 and 0 ending the season? Felder says yes. Max says yes too. Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, gentlemen. I think we're gonna have to come back and overreact to this one in a week or two. If not this week, I think <laughs> yeah. it might be two weeks yeah. when they go to Waco. I'm just saying. Um, listen, say- but I will say this: Baylor, Baylor's getting their shit together. They are. Yeah. That's a trappy game. I don't know if they are, are trap games a thing in week 11, week 12, whatever week that would be with the, with the predicted conference champion. No, that's not a trap game. That's a, right. you're like, we got to go out here and get our, we got to put in some work, homie. Right. Yeah. Hey, don't, don't look past. Don't yeah. look, dangerous don't look game. Maybe championship is a very dangerous game. That's the word. Yeah, that's the word. All right. Well, you start climbing that mountain and you see the peak. Nah, ain't no traps at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So Max uh, alluded to this. Actually, you both alluded to this a little bit earlier in the show when we were playing the uh, the who gets in game and then yeah. the the who's the worst matchup for Georgia game. And we we started spitballing some schools out on the West Coast. Yeah. Pac-12. So I want to compare the Pac-12 who has three teams that have been winning a lot of football games lately, Oregon, UCLA, and USC, all in the mix, all projected on the outside looking in of the college football playoff in any reasonable circumstances right now, unless we get more chaos. Let me tee this up this way, because there's a conference that might get two teams in the playoff. That's not the SEC that has some pretty weak, weak spots. And I want you to tell me if the Pac-12 is better than the Big Ten Conference. Obviously, they've got Ohio State. Obviously, they've got Michigan. But they got a lot of weak spots beyond that, gentlemen. We just saw Illinois, who was going to win the Big Ten West, drop a game to Michigan State. We all know what Michigan State has been this year. You're through. Uh, it's, I mean, I look, we'll take them <laughs> however we can get them, Felder. We really will. <laughs> but it pains me to say this conference is pretty bad beyond those two teams. Would you take the Pac-12 or would you take the Big Ten as a whole, as a conference? Felder, who you got? Are we just are we talking about just the are we talking about just to win like a title or are we talking about team for team for team for team? Let's go team for team for team for team. I'm taking the Pac-12. Because if it's title, we'd all take Ohio State pretty quickly, it, right? It, that's yeah. exactly that's yeah. yeah. So team for team for team. I'm going Pac-12. Max, what do you got? I'm going Pac-12 until USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that because if you look at the Pac-12, right, even beyond the top three, there's probably some middle of the pack teams that would emerge and and factor in the Big 12. Right. I would say I'm calling that game at the after Thanksgiving. I'm going up there to Corvallis for Oregon, Oregon Oregon State. State. That team, that team's a dangerous team, and, and they Explosive. definitely give zero Fs. When you talk about the zero F meter, they live in that TCU world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they would love to spoil Oregon. They would yeah. love to spoil Oregon at the end of the year. Should have beat USC. Yeah. Yes, they absolutely should have. Decisions. Yeah, even just going down the list, even like Utah, Washington, Washington Ooh. State, all teams Junkyard that I think would, would factor in right into the everybody but the state of Arizona. So there. let's, yeah, yeah, yeah very true, very true. And what's going on with Stanford? Stanford beat Notre Dame. What? Come on, Notre, that, that's a Notre Dame thing. That's my answer. That's the most bipolar team in football. It just they do they do the opposite of what you expect them to do every single week, unless you hey, called them beating Clemson. Then. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna hey we're gonna we're gonna work Clemson hard. Yeah, but also we did lose to Stanford. <laughs> just strange um so uh, while GPA we're was higher gpa was higher on the west coast yeah true <laughs> while we're uh while we're in this pack 12 big 10 dialogue mm-hmm. here 
Uh, I feel obligated to tap into what the hell happened with Ohio State this weekend. I mean, we can say it was weather. We can say it was wind. It was there for sure. Stop but I mean, that. Th- thank you for telling me to stop it. Max, what happened? Listen, they've been sleepwalking this entire season through all of these games. And you go into a Northwestern team that's one and seven. Uh-huh. One and seven. Uh-huh. And not to be offensive, but they have like the worst quarterback room in all of America when you when you look at it. Uh-huh. Like, like I mean, their wide receiver room isn't much better. I was about to say the wide receiver room doesn't look that much better, but they can't and it was just not to say it was like, oh my gosh, we got caught with gimmicks. But Ohio State is one of those teams, they literally played down to their competition until like the last minute. And they've done it every look at the Penn State game. It I reminds mean, me God. a lot of Florida State. Yeah. You're at Jameis's year after the national championship. Bingo. Bingo. You just you play down to your team, and it's like, come on, like just throttle them and put the threes in. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Like, but the pro- here's the problem. Ryan Day's play calling in the first half of these games is so horizontal and so unimaginative, and they don't have a run game that supports that. Go ahead, Felder. I like it. I like it. I think he's trying to – I'm not going to sit here and call him Nick Saban at all. Yeah, I think he's trying to prove a point and force an issue. And I don't think that he knows how to do it. I don't because when Nick Saban decides to prove a point with respect to the run game, they run the hell out of that football. Yeah. Ryan Day is trying to make them run the football, but they don't do it. And they can't do it. And they don't move bodies. That's why, listen, we wait till we get to my three stars because I got somebody in here for your ass. Um, but no, I um I also think that, like, if they just this, can you imagine if they just came out in the game and they were like, I guess we're just going to throw every play? They'd win by 35 points every game. Yeah. Yeah. But I they, mean, they're trying to force the run. I will say they're this. They're trying though. to be balanced. They're trying to be balanced. They're trying to show balance to show that they're a team that you can't game plan against and take right. something away from them. But they're taking away from themselves in the process. I won't, but I will say this, and we talked about this before. I was very impressed with CJ Stroud. Yeah. I was impressed with there were zero, there were no sacks. Nope. No he, sacks. He speak, but he, he ran for 79 yards. He, like, it's, I, you know what? CJ Stroud probably watches our show, and he heard me say, you can't give ground. And you can't try to climb up to the high side and take a 12-yard sack when a a two-yard sack will do. Those 10 yards are a huge difference. When in doubt, go north. Yes. When in doubt, go north. Up, 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 up. Up, up and away. And let it happen. And I'll say this, you know, he followed that part of it, but it's still one of those things where I look at it and, there's certain situations that put him into those situations, right? Right. Some of the route concepts that they run. And the ones that take too long, that take forever to develop. Like, why do you have a 14 to 15 yard crossing route, rub route, right? Right. Why is it that deep? Why can't you do it at six or seven? Do your scissors at six, run scissors at six. And you know what? If you want to make something special, have him instead of him running scissors, yeah. But that that inside part of the scissors, have him bang it to a dig, or just run a comeback. Just run a comeback, or a come. Either, yes, like you said, run a comeback with, with 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 a post over the top. You cross, you cross off the line. Yeah, yeah. And then you you hit a stop, and you get at this. Somebody's got to make a choice. And guaranteed, an 18, 19 year old is not going to make the right decision. Think somebody's going to be open. Somebody's going to be wide open. And, you know, and, and I get some of the RPO stuff. I love the layers on that. But once again, it's like, don't let that be your only type of situation, right? 
Right. Or you're depending on Marvin Harrison to run some type of delayed crossing route that yeah. saves you at the last second. Well, just like if you're if you're gonna run mesh all the time, just run mesh all the time. No. Have him yeah. sit have him sit out because guess what? JT Barrett was not as good of a quarterback as CJ Stroud, but JT Barrett running mesh, he understood the guy's gonna be open here, here, or here. And get through that progression quick. And I don't have to wait for it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna think. I guess you know what I'm not gonna do? Won't take a sack. Yeah. Well, and I think that that that's what it has to come down to making the decision making easy, making sure that where you're going to make that decision, just make it easy for them. Well, we're, we're, watching, we're watching a freaking Tennessee team that makes it easy. Do that. Put them out there. Your same concepts are still on, on your squad. Yeah. You're still getting the four wides. Yeah. You're still spread guys out. It's like make a declaration if that's the case. But when you keep it tight, when you run twins and all these other concepts, it makes it tough. Yeah, and why make it tougher on your quarterback when yeah. all you want to do is score? Because we've seen you can do it. You can score twenty eight points in six minutes. Yeah, we know you can do it. But why put yourself in a hole in the first half of the game? Yeah, trying so to where, prove a, to prove a point. Where yeah. where do you think this ends for Ryan Day in Ohio State then? Because the playoff. Yeah, they're in the playoff. Well, okay, but in the playoff, is he still doing that? No, or is it simplified? No, he's he's doing I I will say this. I think the biggest difference between Ryan Day and Urban Meyer is he knows when he can win. And Urban Meyer, listen, I Max, I know obviously I know you're a Florida guy. Like I just I think that that he knows. I think Ryan Day is not he doesn't have the pride that Urban Meyer had. Well, and it's not going to last in the to the Michigan game like he's going to break all those rules at the Michigan game and once the cat's out of the bag just do it championship will be that way and the first round of the the CFP will be that he's going to break it before the end of the season bingo that's that's your first challenge so yeah so it will be a moot point by that time you 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 said it you said it better than I could because it the, the reality of it is is when I think about urban I think about he still wanted to prove to people that he could be a quarterback developer and do all this and do all that. And Ryan Day's like, no, I just, I just got, I, I got this job and I just have it now. And so like, I just want to make sure I keep it. Yeah, exactly. And I will exhaust all resources. Hey, Herman, we're stop. You play to win the game. That's it. <laughs> you know, what would help him keep that job? He wants to keep so very badly beat Michigan this year. Yeah. Just saying I, that. I expect they will. We yeah. shall see. They don't they hold the car crown car. right now in that rivalry. We shall see. Yeah, I'm but just... I mean, they've, I mean, if we're talking crowns, I mean, they've, they've held it for a while. I understand that. But when I watched this team in a dog fight with Northwestern in Evanston, this ain't the same dog that's been barking 10 years ago. Oh, I, I can't wait to do this Monday show after that. Oh, I'm just boy, saying. I'll I'm be sad. Felder, it's, it's like that. I'm not going to be able to do it, Felder, so I expect you to hold your end of the bargain. Oh, Fel- I'm Felder. Listen, I'll be fat on Thanksgiving turkey. Let's go. <laughs> it's like that meme of the undertaker who's coming through the four doors, right? And you see yeah. with the low. Like, we had to do this with Alabama. They're not the same Alabama. Then we had to do it with... Well, we did it with Georgia. We were wrong about Georgia, but now we're doing it with Ohio State. All these teams I, aren't the same. I think this is the same ago. Alabama. I think this is the same Alabama. We're not dealing with the same Tennessee. That is true. And we're not dealing with the same Georgia. And let, lest we not forget, Michigan, and this LSU team's got a really good coach now. But, I mean, this this they got Alabama a coach team that knows how to read. This Alabama team could have four losses. They could. were they were this close to losing to Texas and Texas. But they weren't worried about losing those football games. I, okay, and were, was Ryan Day worried not worried about, about this game? Like Ohio no. State, Ohio State's been close to losing three times. Like, at what point do we just look at what we're seeing and actually say this is applicable to the football team? Do we have to wait until they actually lose two games, like we did with Alabama? I think it's about how you lose. Well, and the fact that you're also not going up against top twenty-five teams right now right. in the Big Ten. <laughs> I mean, your closest test was Penn State, and. Yes, that was a that was a test for them, 
But I, I look at the Maryland game with Michigan. That game was not a gimme. And no. literally a couple of penalties difference that we could be talking about something completely different. Talia Tagovailoa was slinging that pill that day against that secondary. Yeah. So I think I think it's just it's the nature of where we're at in college football. Like we have to admit that teams are catching up, but I also yes. think that at the end, like the talent is still there because we've seen Ohio State just turn on the afterburners, right? Like say, hey, guess what? We got to win this game, guys. It's getting too tight. And then they literally blow the doors. They were losing in the fourth quarter against Penn State. And then it turned out to a blowout. In less they than were 10. up by 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> less than 10 minutes later, we're like, oh, man, it's cruising to a victory. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll come back to this, gentlemen. We do a lot of these oh, Monday I, shows. Greg, I gotta, of us. We'll come back to this. I got it. I got it. I got it. Like, they, they beat Michigan State by 29 points, right? Who are we talking? Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah. And then they were up by 20 points against um, Penn State. And then Penn State scores a late touchdown to make it a little more respectable. Yeah. I, I, just, I would let me, say. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you. I know we got I know we got to do the stars of the week. I just want to ask you. Mich- you're a Michigan State guy. Ohio State or Michigan, which team would you rather play again? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, I honestly view them it, it's it's very it's one A, one B right now. It really is. Really? I really do. I okay. really do. Okay. Okay. All right. And I think I, I honestly okay. think Ohio I think Ohio State's better. I think they're more talented. I think mm-hmm. they are more one dimensional. And specific to that. Yeah, but that's a really good dimension. <laughs> it's a very good dimension. Yeah. But specific to that game between those two programs, right? There's some between the year shit that I think might carry over from what Michigan did last year. I really okay. do. We'll see. We'll and see, see from it. see for me, I when I look at those games, I know we got to get it. We're going to get out of here in a second, but I just Michigan, Michigan State. That feels like like two like toddlers rolling around in the mud, and then. Ohio State and Michigan is like an older kid that just, hey, you're not supposed to be punching this kid. Historically, you're spot on. <laughs> I, I, I would just push back on this year from what we've seen from both entities. I would just okay. push back on this year. All right, let's let's fly through our three let's stars do it. here. We'll go quick. We I know. Minute. I went long. That's my fault. No, you're fine. We all went long. You're good. Let's go. Uh, if we go two more minutes on this, we're fine. We'll do quarterbacks first. Uh, Felder, then Max, then me. Felder, who you got? I got Drake May, man. I don't usually pick a lot of UNC people, but I'm going Drake May. Almost 300 yards, a couple TDs. Ran for 74, so I'm going Drake May. And did them all in the second half. So I appreciate that. I watched that game. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, going, I'm going Tanner Mordecai. Nine TDs in regulation, baby. Dude. I mean, high score, high scoring game in, in, in FBS history. And, and even though tuned through for over 500, nine tutties. Can't touch it. Yeah. Great pick. Uh, I'm going Jaden Daniels. I mean, he didn't have the gaudiest numbers on the week, but I kept waiting for him to make a mistake that would lose that game. He never made it. He made the big plays down the stretch. I was wildly impressed with Jaden Daniels. Felder, give me your skill, guy. I'm going B. John Robinson, man, Texas. Um, 200 yards rushing, 209 yards rushing, if we're going to be specific. Uh, The guy's a monster. He's the first running back off the board. All right. I'm I'm going with the guy that Jaden Daniels did not make a mistake with. I'm going with Mason Taylor, the freshman tight end. That two-point conversion, humongous, had a TD as well. Big play by a freshman in one of the biggest moments. The C.O. Jones was on full blast in that moment, so I got to give it to him. I'm going Blake Corum simply because he's the running back we have to shout out every single week on this show. Uh, He will be there for the Heisman ceremony. And uh, Felder, we have to just keep pushing the Michigan narrative on this. There we go. I love it. Felder, who you got for defense? I'm going Bryce Gallagher, Northwestern linebacker, um, a guy that helped contain this Ohio State team that I spent the last 15 minutes boosting up. But he did a really good job of containing that rushing offense. So I'm going Bryce Gallagher from uh, from Northwestern. Only seven tackles, but when you hammer, the rest of the team makes it work. So I'm going with him. And I'm going right with another guy who kept a, a Titan in place. Keely Ringo, DB yes. from University of Georgia. Seven tackles as well, but he had the big interception 
in the end zone that that made that a very very tough game for for Tennessee yeah. and started to get them in the I'm taking my my basketball and running home mentality. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> All right, I'm giving a shout-out to a guy that uh, returned from injury. He was out for about four weeks, and that would be Kansas's Kobe Bryant. He returns, has an interception, had, I think, six or seven tackles in the game, but his presence was felt. I watched that game. Kansas had some of the juice back that they had earlier in the season, and Kobe himself was a big part of it. All right, boys, this was fun. As always, thank you for holding me down on Overreaction Monday here on the Field of 12. We'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, with another edition of our nightly After Dark shows. Please subscribe on the YouTube channel. You can listen to us on Sirius XM. And for Michael Felder, for Max Starks, I am Greg Waddell, and we'll see you tomorrow night.